So lie down, just feet hip distance, knees hip distance, and knees bent, feet on the floor. <clears throat> so rather than stretching the legs all the way out in front of you. And then take your arms to a place where it feels comfortable to have them there, not forced at all, be it belly, out to the side, whatever you prefer. And it doesn't always have to be the first choice you make. You can try one thing, if that doesn't work, try something else until you get to a position where it's like, yeah, that's comfortable enough. So the nice thing about having some noise around, there's some noise in this room, is that it can allow you to start to settle into what this is truly about. Every moment of every day is an up and down in terms of whether you like what's going on or you don't like what's going on. But what's going on is what's going on and oftentimes it's out of your hands. So you can let the noise that's in the room distract you and cause you to fidget and cause you to demand that that noise go away. Or you can turn your attention to the fact that yeah, it's there, it'll change. Put your attention on something else, not as a way to avoid, but as a way to just be with the fact that there are things going on that you'll like and things that you won't. So the easiest place, because it's always accessible, is just to come to the breath and not to change it necessarily, not to do anything one way or the other with it, but just solely as the focal point. So can you just enjoy the fact or semi-enjoy the fact that you're lying here on the floor in a still position, supported by the floor, no need to work, and that the breath is there and available to hold your attention, to keep you here with what you're doing. The task is really simple, not easy to do, but it's breath, and when the mind gets distracted, you come back to being with the breath. You have to do that for a little bit. Even though it's not fancy or interesting in any visual way, you've got to do it for a little bit. Otherwise, you don't get to the present moment and then the decisions are made from elsewhere. Be here now with this part. Steady yourself in the now. And then see, it's personal. Does taking the breath into a deeper pattern, longer pattern, help you stay present, or does it cause anxiety? Does it make things more cumbersome? If it does, go back to just watching the breath. If lengthening it out makes it easier to pay attention, then do that. But you have to decide what works. I don't know. Only you know. I can give you the parameters, but you decide. And just start to pay attention. You've got to go inside the body. Where are you in space right now? Portions of the body are touching the ground. But go deeper than that into the skeletal area. See if you can feel the back of the pelvis touching the ground. 
rib cage touching the ground, the back of your head, probably the arms and definitely the feet, but stay in the upper body region. What does the neck feel like? How much curve exists away from the floor in the neck? How about the lower back? Not just where the skin is in relation to the floor, but deeper than that, where's the spine? There's no right or wrong answer. See if you can sense where the spine is in space. And then just start to pay attention to it as it moves. Wherever your arms are is fine. Just tilt. Tilt the tailbone up towards the ceiling a little bit. Just tip the sit bone so that it feels like your lower back moves down towards the ground some. And then tip back to zero. Tip your sit bones down towards the floor so it feels like your lower back arches a little. And then tip back through neutral and into that little rounded shape. And then in and out, and the breath is there. Don't worry about linking it to the movement unless you already are and it's going easily. Just move and feel what it feels like to move the pelvis at the hip so that the spine undulates. And if there's pain, then don't do it or do less of it. It's a very simple, small movement. Rock in, rock out. And where your arms are at this moment, if they're not out to the side, take them out to the side at shoulder height and turn your palms up and turn the eye of your elbow up, just straight elbows reaching out to the side. You can let them be fairly passive. And do the same thing, tilt the pelvis up and down, sit bones up and down. Now with the arms a little wider, it might feel a little nice to lift the chest up when you're in the back bend section. Maybe the chin moves away from your chest a little bit in that portion. And back through neutral, little tuck, little arch. Just notice how the spine moves. And then let your spine come back to a zero position for you. Reach your arms up to the ceiling. Interlace your fingers so that your palms are touching. And then as you breathe, inhale and reach up for the ceiling. So you feel the arms get a little bit longer. And then exhale, bring the shoulders back to where you started. Mm -hmm. Now inhale, reach up and take the arms up and overhead, maybe a good 20 degrees or so. And then exhale, come on back up to where you started. Now as you breathe, inhaling, taking your arms up and overhead, and exhaling back to the beginning where you started. Go a little further and a little further each time. And let the rib cage move alongside the arms. Let the two items play together. Figure out how that works. So that as the arms come overhead, it might feel like, ooh, I want to reach the rib cage back, wiggle the back of your upper body towards the back of your mat some. And go in and out and in and out, using the arms to free up this upper back portion. And if at a certain point it doesn't feel like keeping your palms together is helpful, separate them. And if it feels like, oh, I'd like to take a pause overhead and just reach back, do that. There's no right or wrong answer. The parameters are mobilize the rib cage, let it move some and use the arms to aid it. 
however you accomplish that is how you accomplish it. You've got to pay attention to how it feels inside the body to know whether you're doing something productive and wise or not. And if you tend to pause overhead or feel that that's working for you today, then maybe stretch side to side a little, a little lateral, so one side of the body gets a bit longer than the other. Maybe that doesn't work for you. But just moving in and out, freeing up the spine in some way. And know that not every day is that going to work. And if there's pain, that's telling you not to do some of this. And it's so simple. It's like, how could there be pain here just lying on my back? But there could be. And the next time you get your arms up and over and towards the ceiling, just set them down, reach down to the side again at shoulder height, palms up. Just so far working with the arms and the spine, moving them and mobilizing them, now move the hip. So just straighten your right knee so that your thighs are still parallel with one another. Right leg is reaching up towards the ceiling some. Left foot, knee bent, still on the floor. And then start to lower the right leg down towards the floor until it feels like, ooh, that's kind of far enough and my lower back might pitch. Or maybe the heel grazes the ground and then bring the leg back up to where you started. And now as you take the leg up and down, the idea is to free up the leg so that it's not impacting the spine. Before you were freeing up the spine and using the arms to help you, and now it's just move the leg and see if you can get the hip freed up so that it's as if the leg is moving independently of the upper body, even though that's not really possible. So what feels like it's doing good work? Now there's overly forced work, there's overly loosey-goosey work, and right in between those two is the wise work. Can you find that, where you're not forcing the leg, because there's no prize in getting it to the ground or doing it perfectly. The reward comes in in freeing the hip up and knowing what you're doing, and knowing some days the hip won't mobilize. Now as you go up and down, all of you have your toes facing up towards the ceiling, your ankle really flexed. Maybe consider as you go up and down, rotating the leg, turning it in, turning it out a little bit. What feels productive? What feels helpful on the leg? Spend most of your days in one or two shapes in the hip. The walking and the sitting shape. The walking shape is kind of similar to the lying down shape. So consider taking the leg in different directions, but maybe it doesn't go in, usually. And feel what's going on as you go. What does the hip feel like? Does it hurt in the groin area? Does the knee feel like it's going to click? Well, bend it maybe. And when you feel like you've done enough with this right leg, start with the left. And first it'll just go up and down without the rotating, and then you'll rotate it, and it's a different leg. So it might need really different things. Your job is to pay attention, be here now. Some of the smallest things that are so visually 
lacking in fireworks or perceivable intellectual gain are just the most beautiful moments of exploration of human experience. I've learned more from taking my leg up and down than I have from putting my foot behind my head, I can guarantee you that. When it feels like you've done enough with this left leg, at any point, stop and put the foot back on the floor. And once your foot is back on the floor, stretch your legs out in front of you and flip yourself over onto your belly. Now the blanket is there once you flip over. Once you lie down on your belly, it feels like there's a little gap where the hip crease is and your tush is sticking up too far to the ceiling or the lower back feels overarched. Slide the blanket in underneath your hip crease so that it fills the gap between the hip crease and the floor. And you'll have to take a second and decide, what does that feel like? Mm, yeah, that might be nice to support the hip joint. And then always know that once you get the blanket in place, it's where the thigh bone meets the hip, meets the pelvis, just a little below this hip points. If once you get it there, it's like, yeah, I don't like that, then get rid of it. And take your arms out like a T again, this time, palms down. And just put your forehead on the floor. If your nose hits first, so be it, sorry, it'll change. Now there's some anchoring in the legs, just meaning straighten your knees out some, don't overly aggressively anchor the legs. But you're flipped over now, so notice where the back of the pelvis, the upper back, back of the head are in space, and you might feel like, oh yeah, like some of that's different, it's not at the same level. And for the most part, it's that the arms are too close to the ground, so lift your arms up a few inches, palms up off the ground a couple of inches, float the arms until it feels like the whole back of the arm would be level with the floor if you were flipped over. And then the neck is the next part. So lift your forehead up off the floor until the back of the neck feels neutral. Not craned like a Pez head, just neutral. Well already just with the arms up off the ground, the head up off the ground, this becomes some work. Now the work becomes wise work when it's productive. Maybe it's hard, uncomfortable, but not painful. The longer you're here, just hovering the arms a little bit, hovering the head, the harder it gets, the more uncomfortable it becomes. Very little risk of injury, though, just from lifting your head and arms up off the ground. And you be still with the discomfort. You notice that the breath gets choppy or shorter if you're holding it, and at that point, it would be a reason to stop. Kelly, lift your arms a little bit more unless it hurts. Yeah. Down, rest. Now just from doing that little bit of effort, it's actually a lot of effort, and this becomes very pleasurable. Neither sensation stays forever. The pain one you avoid, the hard work, 
Well, that's what we're here for. So anchor the legs again, hover the arms, hover the head until it feels like the spine, the shoulders are neutral. Now this time, as you breathe, maybe tuck the chest up and off the ground a little bit higher, the arms up and off the ground a little bit higher. Maybe the chin moves away from the chest slightly. And then back down you go. Now undulate, in and out, inhaling to take yourself up. And exhaling to take yourself back down. And in and out, knowing height isn't what we're going for. It's can you think about the spine going from its neutral curves into more of a C-curved shape. That could be a very flat, very open C. And that the head is not to lead, the head is to follow what's happening in the lower, upper, mid-back. Yes, beautiful. And if it hurts, then you don't do it. Maybe you just hover. Then consider when you're up, maybe you hold. And turn the palms to face the back edge of the mat so that the thumbs are facing up towards the ceiling. Most of you have turned your hand, well, one of you has turned your hand so the thumbs are facing down. Turn them the other direction. Turn the shoulder so that the eye of the elbow faces the back of the room, the palms face the back of the room. There you go. And down. Okay, and then up and down. And maybe as you come up and hold, start to reach the arms up and overhead. Other way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Keep going. There you go. And down and up and down and think you did this flipped over a moment ago you're using the arms to mobilize you reaching them up and overhead as you undulated the spine as you let the thoracic region move same idea here but flipped over it's a lot harder than when you were lying down and maybe when you get the arms up and overhead you pause or keep them there and lower down and then lift back up and stretch a little bit side to side Backline muscles, hard to access these days. Too many chairs, too little walking upright. And you can do it dynamically, you can do it statically, but the idea is to play with both and to see which one works better, maybe both work well. What keeps you here? Maybe one or two more. Just be with what you're doing. Feel how the spine moves. Feel what muscles are working. What's that sensation like? What parts don't you like that you avoid? What parts do you like so much you just keep going towards it? The next time you get down after that second one, come up onto your forearms. So stack the forearms underneath your shoulders, the elbows under your shoulders, the forearms right forward. And you can do either way. As long as the elbows are shoulder distance, you can have the hands a little bit wider than the shoulders, or you can interlace your fingers much like you would for a headstand. Right now, once you're up like this, this might feel awful. It might hurt rather than be productive. So if that's the case, move your elbows forward of your shoulders some. See if you're lowering the height helps. 
you could be here inactively or you could start to work. Can you find the muscles in the back line, upper back, backs of the arms that you were using before to lift the chest and head up, but here to pull the chest forward and through and maybe it allows you to lift the chin a bit. And then breathe. Maybe you go in and out of working, anchoring the legs, using the arms, using the upper back muscles, pulling the chest through, and then a little less active. Maybe you decide this isn't working at all and you lower down and you stop. But right now the hip just neutral, feet anchored, legs straight, using the spine, the upper back, the arms. and then push yourself up to all fours. If you've got the blanket there, you can keep it there or you can move it, it's up to you. You'll have to move it in a second, but if it's good under your knees, leave it. Just place your hands down under your shoulders in terms of elbow, shoulder distance, and have the hands a little wider, a little turned out. Your knees under your hips, knees and feet, hip distance, and it doesn't matter if you have them flipped like plank or you've got them flipped like up dog feet. But now imagining the floor was behind your pelvis, the upper back, the back of your head, neutralizing your spine for you first. Now starting from the hip, tip the sit bones up a little so the lower back arches down towards the floor slightly, then move that into the upper back, into the neck, maybe the chin lifts away from your chest. And then just from the hip, tip back to neutral and neutralize the spine. Good and then tip into that little bit of a back bend again. And back to neutral and in and out. Now you could inhale on one part, exhale on the other part in the traditional sense. Inhale would be into the back bend, exhale would be the neutral. How about trying the opposite, just to see what happens? What would happen if you exhaled into a back bend? Oh God, God forbid. Maybe it feels right, maybe it doesn't, but that's up to you. Now the next few times, as you start to move towards neutral, consider moving into a little bit of a rounded shape. Tip the sit bones down, maybe round the upper back up, let the chin move towards the chest instead. And then back through neutral and into the back bend. So in and out you go, knowing that the maximum here is not what you're looking for. Not like how much of a back bend, how much of a round can I possibly get? It's how much of my spine wants to mobilize today? What feels wise? What feels like it's helpful? Knowing you may need some stability, you may need to feel the inner thighs hug towards one another. The adductors between the legs work during this. You might not. And then instead of just moving forward and back, rounded and back bend, if you want, consider little circles with the hips instead. Think about your sit bones drawing a circle on the wall that is behind you. You can even laterally tilt side to side. You can circle the hips and round the spine and then arch the spine. 
there's no right or wrong way. If you're a right or wrong, how does it go person, then this might make you really uncomfortable, but that's the work. And you might really love this. You might be the kind of person that's like, ooh, I love that free form stuff. In which case, know that the free form stuff won't last forever. Enjoy it while it's here. And if you hate it, it's gonna go too. You're just trying to learn how your spine moves, what it feels like. Knowing it doesn't get a lot of this exploration in life. The vehicle you drive around in all day doesn't get the chance to be explored 95% of the time. And neutralize the spine of the blankets under your knees, just slide it over to the side and lie down on your back again. So lie down, knees bent, feet hip distance, knees hip distance. Take one of your blocks at the lowest height and slide it under the back of your pelvis, just so it's elevating the pelvis off the ground a bit. Then have your arms out like a T, palms up. And have your feet truly hip joint distance. Some of you have your feet, what you would consider your pant width. Your hip joint itself is quite a bit narrower than that. Good. Now, if you're already up on the block and going, oof, this is not working, well, off the block you go at any time. You can do the same thing without it. Just straighten your right knee so the thighs are parallel, right foot reaching up towards the ceiling some and the mobilization of the hip begins again. Start to lower the leg down towards the ground. And then when it feels like, yep, time to go back up to the ceiling, bring it back up to the ceiling. If the heel hits, so be it. Try not to bend the knee to get the heel to hit. Try reaching through the leg, and maybe the heel grazes the ground, maybe not. And maybe it feels like, oh yeah, it might be really nice if I let that leg rotate a little in and out and in and out. One way on the way down, one way on the way up, or vice versa, but explore. And consider keeping the leg down on the ground and just reaching it if it gets there today, if that feels helpful. Try it actively, try it passively. Try really flexing the quad, straightening the knee, firming the back of the leg and reaching. Or does that just pull on the groin and feel counterproductive? Maybe down here on the ground, you roll the leg in, roll the leg out, rotating from the hip. Maybe that doesn't work for you. You'll have to figure out what feels wise and helpful. What allows you to take this leg into what would be like taking the step behind you step. When you're walking forward, this is the leg that's dragging back behind you before it inevitably comes forward and takes the next step. Or the hips in a position that it would need to be for some of the bigger back bends in a yoga class. 
we've done enough with the right leg, then you just switch to the left. And again, exploring it as a different entity. Same goal in mind, free the hip up, knowing this leg might need a different something. First, it's just to take the leg up and down, and after that, it's maybe roll it in, roll it out. External rotation, internal or lateral, medial, whatever you think of it as, or truly just being with the sensation of the experience, letting that guide what you do. Commentary is always, oh, what are we doing on the yoga mat? We're supposed to be learning about our tendencies. Well, yeah, but your tendencies are either to push too hard into things that are unproductive or to go too much towards finding pleasure all the time. Which one is it? It's not that one's better than the other. It's just time to go. Other direction. And when you've done enough with this, stop. Put the foot back on the floor. Stay with the breath. Anything. Stay with where on the mat. And then lift that block out and under you and away to the side. Move it out. And then roll yourself to your side. Sit yourself up temporarily. Set the blocks up behind you. One behind the other. them widthwise. So, facing the side. In front of them, one's going to go right behind the rib cage, right around the shoulder blade area, and the other one's for your head. And then bend your knees, put your feet on the floor. Now, it should feel fairly pleasant, we would say. And if it doesn't, try scooting the block underneath the rib cage a little forward or a little back until it feels more pleasant, knowing that there might not be a pleasant to be found, in which case you get off the blocks. Now arms out like a T again, and at first have the elbows bent, just let them be passive, palms up. Feet hip distance, knees hip distance. Now you're already in a degree of a backbend that's past neutral. The blocks are helping you do that. What would it feel like to tip the sit bones down a little bit here so the lower back arches a bit more? And then the upper back would feel like it was lifting away from the block some. Maybe the chin would lift away from the chest a bit. And then back to zero. And then into a backbend again. That starts from the hip, moves into the lower upper back, then maybe neck and out. And as you go in and out of the back bend that's mini and the back bend that's a little bit more effort filled and further, at a certain point it might feel like, ooh, it would be nice to do this without the block under my head. And if that's the case, then move the block and try it. If once the block is out, it's like, oh, this feels like I'm falling over a cliff and doesn't feel productive or it's freaking me out, know that it's not a more advanced place to be. You can always put the block back in under your head. 
Now try playing with the arms. What about if you take them up towards the ceiling and reach them up and overhead as you do that little bit of a back bend? Stretch them back, maybe interlace the fingers. Maybe take them out to the side and use them actively with straight elbows. What feels helpful? What allows you to breathe a little bit more? And maybe none of the active stuff feels helpful. Maybe just lying there does. Exploring a range, opening the waist, thinking about lengthening out the sides of the body, using the arms to help you with that, mobilizing the back body so that the chest maybe has a chance to relax and open some. There's no magic in it, it's just work, and then the ease comes from that. Eventually, when it's like, yeah, I've done enough of this, slide the block back in underneath your head and take a little pause there. And just a couple of breaths up on the blocks. And then eventually, get yourself up on off the blocks however you like, slide them over to the side. And then you'll flip over on your belly again. If you want the blanket underneath of your hip crease, slide it back under. Flip on over. Same idea, start with the arms out to the side like a T, palms down, forehead on the floor. So starting with the legs this time, didn't use them except for an anchor last time. If the feet hip distance, straighten your knees out. Think of the block that was underneath the back of the pelvis before, and it was easier. Gravity was in your favor flipped over. Now gravity will work against you, so it'll be more difficult. Start with the right leg. Go to the hamstring, go to the glute, the back of the thigh, and just lift the right leg a few inches away from the floor. Now don't go for height, go for just, ooh, how do I get the back of the leg to fire without the knee bending? And then down, and then try the left. Now, it might not be that you can go for height here. It might just be a little hover, but then back to the right, up and down you go. Now, the blanket is there to support the hip crease, to help aid the lower back from overarching, to just make this a little more pleasant. If at any point you want to get rid of it, just get rid of it. But up and down, swimming the legs back and forth. Notice if they begin to impact the lower back. At a certain point, yeah, the spine's going to have to get involved, or you might have to turn this leg out a little bit at a certain point to get it to go up any higher, and that might not work. It might just hurt your lower back or your groin. So explore as you go what works, what doesn't. Yes, good. And we don't
don't want to turn the leg necessarily first. But as it goes up, then eventually maybe it turns a bit. But not a lot, just a little. Notice what muscles do that. How does that fire? What's the sequence? Hamstring, bottom of the glute, then side of the glute a bit when the leg is up and then back down. Then maybe try both legs at the same time. What's that like? Harder. Harder to lift both of those at the same time from the legs, from the hip, not from the lumbar necessarily. And what's it like to hold versus be dynamic? You've got some time here. Explore. And eventually just anchor the legs again and start with the upper body. So arms up at shoulder height, head floating just to get the neck to neutral and then up you go. Remember how you were using the back body, the arms, when you were flipped over on the blocks a moment ago to lift maybe a bit higher. Maybe that doesn't work here. And up and down or maybe holding. And explore taking the arms up and over and by your head. Maybe you lift the legs and the torso all at the same time. If it hurts around the back of the pelvis, this SI joints, the sacral region, the lower back, the groin, the neck, don't do it. Or modify it, change it so that it's productive and not painful. What's a back bend good for? Strengthening the back line of the body to mobilize the front line of the body. That physical shape can beget some, we'll call it more alert energy. But they can also be counterproductive, they can be painful, not helpful, too aggressive, in which case, don't. And sure, this is just a belly back bend, but it's got all the same benefits as the big ones. And all the same theories apply. So far, not too much overly active muscular work. It feels like a lot of work, but not direct, like this muscle does this, and this one does that, and all that specificity. Get into that in a moment. So maybe one more. And when you're done with that, whatever it looked like, whatever you chose, then down and flip yourself over on your back, knees bent, feet hip distance, the blanket was there, slide out of the way, grab one of your blocks and put it between the inner thighs, the skinny way. So once the block's between the thighs, feet the same distance apart that it feels like your thighs are. Amanda, put your feet a little closer together. There you go. Arms out like a T. Palms up. Now squeeze into the block. 
squeezing the block just so you find the inner thigh muscles. By doing that, you're countering the legs turning externally or flopping open. So get enough of a grip on the block that you can prevent the alternative activity in the hip from happening. Now you're not going for height, I just want you to find the muscles. Squeeze into the block, push your left foot into the floor, squeeze your right glute, squeeze the right butt cheek. See if you can find the right side of your hip. Uh-huh. And then relax that muscle and try the left. Now can you move independently one side to the other? Find the glutes, not the portion of it that turns the leg, but the part that extends the hip and go back and forth. It's kind of like a butt cheek dance. <laughs> so right now doing it on one side and then the other. So that the brain gets good at knowing which muscles to fire. Where are they? How do you get them to work? For some of you, these will be harder to find than others. That whole glute amnesia thing they talk about out there. Now eventually when you found it on each side, can you fire the two together? Squeezing the block, can you fire both sides? The muscles you would need for some of those bigger back bends and then relax them. And then in and out, how do you get them to fire? You stabilize the SI region and also find the muscles that'll help you backbend in the hip. Good. When you're like, yep, got it. Take the block out from in between your thighs. Roll to your side. Flip over and push up to all fours. Head at the back of the mat is fine. So elbow, shoulder distance, that brings your hands to a position that's wider than your shoulders, fine, so be it, but turn the hands out a little bit if that's the case. All right, neutralize the spine. So back of the head, upper back, back of the pelvis, zero for you. Now can you find those inner thigh muscles? Block's not there, but can you squeeze in as if it was? Now straighten the right leg out behind you. Foot on the floor, flipped over like a plank foot. So foot down, toes on the ground, right knee straight, reach back through it. And squeeze the inner thighs like the block was there for some stability. From the right hip, pick the right foot up off the floor. Go inch by inch, little at a time. Now keep the knee really straight, the hamstring will start to work. Now can you find those parts of your glutes that stabilize the SI region and use them to now take the leg up a little bit higher, maybe extend the hip some. Yes, good. Now maybe with that, pull the chest forward and up, let the head lift away from the chest a bit. Very nice. And then back down. Back to zero, now start with the hip. Lift the leg, reach, then eventually spine, chest, head, and back down, in and out, and then maybe holding, exploring, maybe pointing the ankle instead of flexing it. And then getting maybe into the backs of the arms, using the triceps to pull the chest forward and through like you did in Sphinx. Maybe this doesn't work and it just hurts more than it feels like it's doing anything wise. 
So lessen what you're doing or don't do it at all. You have the control, the power, and the permission to do whatever works for you. And eventually switch legs and try the other side. And you might find one leg likes to do this more than the other. Maybe not. If it bugs your knees, put the blanket under your knees at any time and help yourself out that way. They don't mat make mats as thick as they used to. And if you start to think to yourself as you're lifting the leg behind you, if that's what you're doing, pulling the chest through, that, ooh, this is like a left side up dog kind of. Same efforts, a little asymmetrical in the hip, but yeah, very similar. And it's like going from a plank or a chaturanga if your elbows were bent into this backbend, but you're flying and it's a lot of work. Instead of having the floor to use as leverage, you're having to use the whole back line of the body. Yes, good. And when it feels like you've done enough with this left side, then back to zero and just lower yourself all the way down onto your belly. Blanket or no blankets, up to you. Now this time, instead of having the arms out like a T, leave your hands pretty much where they were on all fours. They'll be a little bit wider than your shoulders. Bring your elbows to shoulder distance. If once you get your elbows to shoulder distance, the hands are wider, then turn them out a few degrees and make it easy to get the shoulder into a zero degree of rotation state. Amanda, hug your elbows in a bit more. Now anchor the legs, straighten the knees. Mm -hmm. Get the neck to neutral first. Now, here, you've got the arms, so use them. Turn the biceps down, bring the elbows to shoulder distance, breathe, pull the chest and forward and through and up a bit, maybe let the chin lift some. Good, and then back down. So these baby cobras, if it feels like, oh, I'd like to have my hands forward under my shoulders instead of back underneath my elbows, move them forward. If it feels better to have them back, have them back. Your chest forward and up and then back down. So starting with the spine first. And with the shoulders. Maybe you go up a little bit higher, straightening the elbows out a little further. Maybe not. The feet will stay anchored, and if it was to turn this into a hip back bend, you'd have to straighten the elbows all the way out. The spine would have to lead, arching from there, then into the hip, and you'd end up in up dog with your shoulders over your wrists and the legs really active, and you'd have to find those glutes and hamstrings, but maybe cobra is fine. There's like a, oh, this might work. I don't know. I might be able to get up into that up dog thing. Well, straighten the legs out. Find the glutes that we're firing. Thighs will be up off of the mat. Legs will be very active. Work, work, work. Yes. And then how do you get out of that? Back through that neutral state and down to the mat. Maybe you get up into up dog and it's like, yep, that's not working. It's just a big hinge in my lower back and big Pez dispenser head falling over the back. Well, then lower. 
it's kind of like you're doing push-ups at the same time. So if you want upper body work, there you go. Get the back of those legs to work, Kelly. Squeeze that tush. Yeah, there we go. Maybe when you get up, you hold. What's that like? Does it hurt? Is it unwise? Then don't do it. You've got time, maybe one or two more, but this back bend shows up in like every single yoga class, seldomly taught all the way out. But it's a huge back bend with a lot of components. The legs have to be really active. You gotta know which muscles to use. You gotta know whether the spine and the hip will mobilize like that. And some days it will and some days it won't. And for some people, it just will never work, just proportionally or structurally. And in that's a case where you've got lots of other belly options to do instead, including all fours options. When it feels like, yep, done, then be done. And push yourself up to all fours eventually. And then from that all fours position, knees hip distance, feet hip distance, hands positioned well, just start with your spine in neutral and just be there for a moment. Now if your inclination already is to tuck the chin to the chest and you desperately want child's pose or something like that, then chances are you push that back bend too far next time, not so much. Should feel good at this point, not like, oh, I need the relief of a knees hugged in rounded spine. It starts slowly here. Tip the sit bones down some. Let the lower back move up towards the ceiling a bit and then back to zero. And then in and out and let that start to undulate up into the rest of the spine so that eventually you're in a rounded, maxed out, rounded, wise shape for you. Leave the back bend part out at this point. Again, if you want to do little circles into that rounded shape or lateral tilts side to side, go ahead. Whatever feels like, yep, I've been taking my spine in one direction a lot. This is the alternative. And this would feel good to counter all of the opposition from earlier. You make those choices. And eventually, once you get into the rounded shape, you can bring the feet together, knees can stay where they are, they can be a little wider and push back into a child's pose shape. And you can hold that or you can come in and out. If child's pose doesn't work, flip over onto your back and into that constructive rest, knees bend, feet on the floor shape, and you can hug your knees into your chest there instead of child's pose. If you don't like the arms out in front of you and you're holding child's pose, then move them. You can put them under your forehead. You can take the arms back and around so your hands are back by your feet. And just pausing there. A 
moment in child's pose. Let the spine move in a slightly more rounded shape. The hip into flex, forward fold shape, the knees bent, bunch of things we haven't done a lot of. How is it different? What does it feel like? Be with the breath if there's nothing else to pay attention to. yourself up and lie back down on your back. Knees bent, feet on the floor. And then arms next to your sides this time. Turn your thumbs to face up and your palms to face the sides of your hips. That was like we did that way back at the very beginning. Tip the sit bones up so the lower back moves down towards the ground. And lift the arms up so they're hovering. Lift the chest and head up. Reach your arms towards the front of your mat. Rounded shape. Use the muscles of the front line. Good. And then back down. Neutralize the spine and then tip sit bones up. Chest, head, arms up. Good. And then back down. In and out you go. Eventually, you play with the idea of squeezing the inner thighs in. When the chest and head are up off the floor, maybe you lift your feet up off the floor and pull your thighs towards you too. And then unravel that. Maybe you tuck them in real tight, maybe not. Whatever works, but musculature going the opposite direction. So muscles of the hip crease, the hip flexors, the abdomen, the chest, the front of the neck working instead of the back line. How is it different? It feels like it's doing good things for the spine. And one of those choices is just to stay lying on your back, knees bent, constructive rest. Maybe put your hands on your belly and just be there with the breath. down and up and down. You can come up and hold. The next time you come up, hug your knees in, grab the back of the thighs, use your arms to help the hip muscles. Lower your head back down. Keep hold of the leg. Keep hold of the right leg. Put your left foot back down on the ground. Knee bent. Foot on the ground. And hold the back of the right thigh. Flex your ankle or point it, whichever one feels wiser. And start to straighten the right knee out a little bit. Bend it. And come in and out dynamically. So that you're using the arms to help the hip stay folded, but also the muscles in the hip that'll fold it to aid the back of the leg in letting go. 
if there was sensation, it would be in the bulk of the back of the thigh, not back around the knee or back around the sit bone area or the SI lower back area, not there. Just in the calf, maybe the big part of the hamstring. And you can feel free to hold instead of moving dynamically at a certain point. finished with this right leg just change sides right foot on the floor knee bent and then left leg but there's no rush you can take your time exploring the other side of the body the side that has been working is now the side that is going to find ease for that to happen for the back line to let go the front line has to work dynamically, you can do it statically, no rules. And when you're done with that leg, put the foot back on the floor and grab your strap once you've done that. Take the right foot up towards the ceiling, wrap the strap around the ball of your foot. Walk your hands down the strap so it doesn't feel like you're having to reach up. You can even bend the elbows and bring them down to the ground. Just have the hip bent at 90 degrees, this right one. So don't worry about getting the leg terribly close to you. Have the ankle stacked over top of the hip. If you need to bend the knee to get that to happen, bend the knee. And then straighten your left leg out onto the ground. Your spine still neutral. And take your left arm out to the side with the strap in the right hand. The left side of the body is going to stay anchored. Don't go for a crazy distance. Just take the right leg out to the right a few inches. Muscles on the outer hip work to do that. Try not to use just gravity. Then use the muscles of the inner leg to bring the leg back up. Good. And then take it out a few more inches and then back up. Now the movement part is there so that you can explore how far can this leg go without the left side of your body rolling over to the right. It's the anchor. Let it pull out of the ground. And as you go, the knee and the toes will face directly back. play with the idea as well as rotating the hip. So as the leg moves to the right, maybe you turn the knee and toes out some towards the back corner of the mat and then down towards the floor as the leg moves down. And then back up and undo the rotation. So you haven't taken your legs wide yet. You haven't returned them yet. It's a different range. It's not what the topic was about today, but it's there to create balance. 
at a certain point, hold. Up to the side and hold and stay. What's it feel like to hover there in space? And then bring that leg up and switch sides. So first, just foot up, out to the side, no rotation, little at a time. About getting the leg really close to you. It doesn't have to come much closer than a 90 degree angle. And if to get it to 90 degrees at the hip, you've got to bend the knee, then do. Right leg all the way out, ankle flexed. You'll have to anchor that right leg. And then out you go and in and out and in. So this Supta Padangusasana thing, or hand to big toe, is technically what it is. It happens all the time in class, too. There's reason for it. Can you figure out what they are? Well, the leg out to the side here, it's technically just a lot of work. Unless you just let gravity take over, which I don't suggest. It's not about a stretchy shape, it's a work shape. That'll eventually get a little ease to maybe happen. at a certain point, you'll hold. And come on back up with that leg and switch the strap onto the other foot again. Stretch your left leg out onto the ground, right leg up to the ceiling. This time switch the strap into the left hand. Right arm can go out to the side. Now it's not a crazy distance, it's just a little bit. Take your right leg towards the left some. And then back up. Now, as you move in and out of this one, you can consider rotating the leg internally, turning the knee and toes to the left. Or maybe it feels better just to keep it neutral. Or maybe it hurts and you don't do it. But what gets the outer leg, if possible, back by the glute, down the side of the leg, maybe even the calf, to feel like, oh yeah, that's doing something. Something wise, not something that's torturous or painful. At a certain point, if you want to hold, hold. Now we call this advanced hand movements, but you bring the leg back up through center, switch the strap into the opposing hand, and take the leg out to the right. Ah, oh, you took the strap off. Hold the right foot up. And then maybe back up through center, switch the strap into the opposite hand, take the foot across the leg to the left, in and out. So you freed the leg up forward and back, now bringing it up side to side. 
different work, a little more choreography, so to speak. with this leg at any point and put the strap on the left foot and first it, the leg will just reach up and go to the right a little bit. Play with that portion first. So as the leg comes across, taking the muscles that were working, those glutes that were helping extend the hip, using them in a way that releases them. Moving leg to the side where it feels like that's some ease there. Even if it's like, ooh, that's ease in a very sensation-filled way. So up and down, you have to decide. Do you keep the leg neutral in terms of its rotation, or do you internally rotate it a bit? Just taking it across the body to start. And then eventually, when it feels like, yeah, I did that about as much as I did on the other side, you can start to go in and out. Leg out to the side, and then leg up and over and across some. done enough of this in and out and side to side. The left leg then take the strap, set it to the side. And you just hug your knees into your chest once you get to that place. Take a few rocks up and down, side to side, forward to back. And then eventually rock yourself up and over into a standing forward fold, feet hip distance. Knees nice and bent and grab your elbows. You've got a couple blocks if you want to slide them under your hands instead of putting your hands on the floor, then do that. Bend your knees as much as you need to. And grab your elbows if you like. Let your neck let go. Mostly on the ground, not a lot of flipping over like this today. There's work and then there's just doing this for a little ease. You have to decide, do you need to work the inner thighs, the outer hips to stabilize it? You need to work the abdomen like when you were doing those sit-ups or is it just one you can do more passively? 
You can play with the idea of straightening one knee out and bending the other a little further and pedaling back and forth just as a means to get the back of the legs to release. If that doesn't work, then don't do it. You can bend both together, straighten both out together. Put your hands wherever you want, up as high as you need to, on blocks as tall as you need, or down on the floor, whatever is more productive for your body. And bend your knees, bring your hands to your hips, neutralize your spine, stand yourself up. And keep your feet hip distance, reach your arms up to the ceiling. Reach, reach, reach. Pick the ribcage up off of your pelvis. Same idea as when you're taking the arms up and over lying down. Grab your left wrist with your right hand. Pick the ribcage up and tip to the right. So if it feels like it's painful in the lower back, don't do it. It's not worth it. And then come on back up, stretch, reach, switch hands, and tip to the other side. Now for some of you, it might feel nice to go in and out. For some of you, it might feel nice to hold one side and then do the other, but it's up to you. A little lateral stretch. You can take your head with it, tip the head to the side a little too, maybe look up, look down, you'd have to figure it out. feel obligated to keep the hips so stable that there's no movement at all. You got to shift the weight a little bit. And eventually come back up to center and fold yourself all the way over. Bend your knees on the way down. Bend them a lot. Sit yourself all the way down. Lie down on your back. got props, feel free to use them. If you need to hug your knees in one more time or do anything of that nature, go ahead. Do a happy baby or something like that, fine. You're just exploring the sensations of the body during a yoga class so that eventually you can sit still and watch the mind. Watch it from a place of observation where the body doesn't distract you away from that. And take those tasks into life and notice when the body does stuff and creates sensations in life. It can be get some interesting mental choices if not investigated. So this last little bit here is just to, okay, that's a little bit of what I need so that you can be still. You can sit, you can lie in constructive rest, you can be in what would be considered the classic Shavasana shape, legs out, arms out. You can prop the knees up. Whatever you like. Take the arms wherever it feels wise for you. 
take a moment to check in. Does that feel like, yeah, I can be still there. And once that's the answer, then be still. body fidgets or you fidget mindlessly, that's fine. You just come back to the stillness. And again, it's the same activity as at the beginning. It's find the breath, return to it every time the mind wanders aimlessly. And again, it's not as a means to ignore. It's not escapism. It's a steady point from which you can observe all of the unfolding and unraveling of the present moment feelings in the body, the sensation of sound, the thoughts in the mind, but all from a place of the watcher, the witness. Be with all of it. The feelings, the thoughts, the here and now. Shavasana.
maybe with a little bit of a deeper breath cycle, maybe a little gentle movement in the body. You can let that progressively increase. Eventually letting the movements lead you back up to a seated position of your choice, knowing it can be anything. Kneelings, cross-legged, matters not. And just resting in the sensations in the body, the here and now. knowing that they will flux up and down, good and bad, all of your perceptions. The idea is to be the witness of it all. Just as a way to pay homage to the tradition that is eons and eons old at this point, join your hands together. And as the breath is always with you, it's a moment for that. Watch it as you inhale. Watch the breath as you exhale and let the head bow. Head up, eyes open. Namaste.